you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you ever found weird things in a vagina? Have you found yourself needing multiple partners to fulfill your desires? Hey guys, I'm Dr. Jacqueline Walsh, a board-certified OBGYN. It is so important that we know how and when to ask the right questions, whether you're in front of your doctor or just hanging out with your good girlfriends. Now, I wanted to create Dr. Jackie's point of view because sometimes you need to just hear the unfiltered good old Dr. Jackie. I will inspire, uplift, and educate women and men on the who, what, when, and where of things we balance daily. Make sure you subscribe to Dr. Jackie's Point of View and tune in every Thursday. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, welcome back. It's my first episode back full time. I guess we did the birth one last week, but this is my first one back in the game on the pod. And we're actually going to be playing a episode that I recorded when I was leading up to giving birth, when I was planning for this time off. And so this conversation actually happened a few months back, but I'm really, really excited to kind of dive back into it today because Laura is someone who, first of all, we recorded a podcast together and afterwards decided to scrap it and came back to do this again. So I feel like that was meant to happen. I really, really do. I think that that first episode needed to not happen for this episode to happen. And hopefully that will make sense as you listen to it. Laura is someone who is always kind of challenging myself and so many others with her community just to dive into who you are, to face your fears, to kind of get through these discomforts in life. But one thing specifically that really hit home for me was when she talked about the sister wound. And when we say sister wound, that's not necessarily your biological sister. We're going to get into that, the sister wound, the mother wound, and how that plays into our relationships with each other. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. I'm really looking forward to listening to it again because it's kind of been replaying in my head a few times over the last few months. I am truly just so hopeful that this this connects for you all as well. All right, everyone, welcome back. Today's guest is, it's going to be your first time listening to her, but she is not the first time she's been a guest because we actually recorded an episode last year. And afterwards, when she left, we had this conversation in which it was not going to go live. We were not going to do the episode. It wasn't coming out because something was triggered. Something happened on her end. And we ended up having a very very spicy conversation. That was good. I don't say spicy is bad. It was a good spicy dish of conversation. And since then have led led (laughs) us into this amazing, vulnerable community, supportive space that was like born out of almost a wound. So everyone welcome Laura Hesp. She is one of my dear friends in the social space and I just adore her and her obsession with her little caterpillars. And yeah, so you tell us who you are and give us a little, give us a little rundown. Cause last year when you were first on, 
you had gone viral off of a Lululemon video. And I was like, oh, I got to have this girl on. We got to have this conversation. And we were talking all about breast implant illness. And we had all these different kinds of conversations and it didn't feel right for you. And so it was an uncomfortable, honestly, it shocked me when you wrote me that day, but it also, it led me into now. It's so funny when I look back at that, because it feels so foreign and far away for how much I know you now that now when I asked the question last time, I really didn't know who you were. And now I'm like, I feel like I have a better understanding, but introduce yourself. Okay. Well, oh my gosh, where do you even start when you have yeah. 700 personalities? But I, I honestly, I, I am very proud of the fact that I am different. I'm very weird. I like esoteric things. I like astrology and aliens and conspiracies, but not like you know, the conspiracies. I like, like, you know, like what is in the air? What yes. planet are we on? That kind of stuff. I really, I'm very focused in mental health. I'm very focused in building communities around women because that's something that used to terrify the shit out of me. So my whole journey has truly been unpacking what I have discovered is this sister mother wound type of thing. Oh my gosh, like we're going to get into that. But I really am somebody who likes to challenge people. I like to challenge what I see in the world. I like to make sure that we're always seeking alternatives and we're never just accepting Mm -hmm. what is, you know? Now let's go back to that day because it is the worst feeling in the world to know that you've somehow triggered somebody or upset somebody. I mean, I think my stomach went into my throat and like back outwards. And I remember just being in panic mode. Like, how do I fix this for you? I've done something so wrong and it was unintentional. And I don't, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know what I did. It was just so confusing. And Mm -hmm. I could feel that confusion on both sides, but bring us back and kind of share what happened for you. Just before we had connected, I, I was somebody who was on social media and I was just very externally powerful is kind of the way I like to describe it is I was hypersexual. I was very aggressive. I was very vocal about things. I was like modeling, but hypersexually, I was just like Mm. leading with my sexuality. And I was very much in pain because of that. And I was leading a false life. Like I, who I really was and how I was showing up in the world were two different people. But the person I was showing up as was a person who got attention and got love and got praise and got all these things that I didn't think Mm. the real self was going to get. So that was where my false self was born. I had wanted breast implants my whole damn life. I had just been fantasizing about them, obsessing over them. Like the day I get them, I will be a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, like I will be able to look in the mirror and accept myself fully. Remember getting them. And it was a really uncomfortable experience for me in terms of like the doctor, the situation, how they sell them to you. It was very weird. You're disconnected from the fact that you're putting a foreign Mm -hmm. object Mm -hmm. in your body on top of your heart, on top of your lungs, you know, like you're disconnected from that because all you can think about is boobs. Which God love boobs, but yeah. You got I love boobs. I wanted boobs. I feel it. You know, I know. And so I was just obsessed. And when I got them, I was like, okay, I'm a woman. And I ramped up the sexuality publicly even more. I led with that. I was like, like this is what it is. I've achieved womanhood. Actually started getting very, very, very sick pretty quickly. And my friend was telling me about BII and she was showing me some influencers from BC who had gotten it, gotten explants. So I started diving into it and I realized like, you know, my skin went gray, my lips went black, my heart palpitations were crazy. Um, I would get cold sweats all day. My mental health was crazy. It was like, there was like 42 symptoms or something. And I was at the doctor for a year and a half, like almost a dozen doctors. I finally, I finally just pulled the trigger. I pushed my doctor and I was like, you need to do this. You sold me implants. You didn't tell me the risk. You're taking these out of my body. And um, I got him to take them out. And I ended up actually helping other women who had gotten implants from him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sharing mm-hmm. the real side of it. He wasn't sharing the risks, you know? And I think that's something that's really happening right now is we're, we're really inflating the benefits of like, oh, you have boobs and you feel full and your clothes fit better. We're not talking about the health issues. We're not talking about the discomfort, the fact that we're not choosing ourselves. Maybe a year later after the explant, which was an extremely emotional period of like challenging everything I thought that I was like, how do I even Mm. get naked again? How do Mm. I look in the mirror again? Thought for my boobs, all these bathing suits, all this lingerie, like how do I look myself in the mirror again? after I had achieved what I thought was the ultimate woman body. You know what I mean? 
So, and then it was a process of like really loving myself. And Lululemon at the same time happened to be doing this series called Boop Truths. And my community, which I love so much, like rallied, everyone really rallied around me and they got the attention of Lululemon. And in fact, a lot of Lululemon employees there were followers of mine. And they were like, you need to let this girl talk about her breast implant illness story. And at the time, honest to God, I was still extremely traumatized. Like I was not okay. I was not ready to talk about it. And I still get emotional thinking about the ways that I pushed myself to try and Mm. alchemize the situation before I was ready. You noticed and you know, you reached out to me and we wanted to do the podcast. I was so excited, rolled up to your house, so excited. And I just wasn't ready. I was so triggered. I felt like here I am in this woman's house who I like look up to so much And we were having a conversation about how doctors are constantly approaching you and offering you surgeries and how you say no because you're choosing yourself and you want to set a good example for your children. And that to me was Mm -hmm. like, it took it very personally Mm -hmm. because I didn't choose to do that. So I was very triggered by like, who the hell is this bitch? Like she is confident. She loves herself. She has a family. Like she has really good relationships with other women. And here I am like deeply deeply triggered by other women that are confident. I just left that feeling like, and it had nothing to do with you, which is inherent about the sister wound, is that we get so triggered by women stepping in their power when we're not. So over the last year, you know, I think it was just about a year ago that I was at your house, right? It actually was November because I left for California right after that. It was November of last year. We've come full circle. Just because you're grown up does not mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want to turn yourself on or wind yourself down for a better night's sleep, Dipsy helps get you in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams. Dipsy is a full audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. Dipsy stories are about all different scenarios. They release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter what you're into and what turns you on. Dipsy has wellness sessions as well to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories, along with soundscapes, to help you relax before you drift off. I was a bit skeptical about this because I've never been somebody who's been able to listen to audio stories and really find it that immersive. And everything changed when I tried Dipsy. Uh, The first time I tried it, I found myself really relaxed, first of all, incredibly intrigued. And then I actually slept incredibly well and had some pretty great dreams. So for listeners of today's show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash papaya. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash papaya. Dipsystories.com slash papaya. Go listen to some bedtime stories that are all for you. Now let's get back to the show. How amazing is this that a full year later, we're coming 180 and I'm in a very different place now. And I've had to unpack, like, I really was so upset by the interactions with you that had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with anything that you did that I really had to sit with myself and be like, Laura, this is literally not how it is. Like you have to unpack your stuff. And what I started to learn research on is this sister wound stuff. You know, I'll try and make it pretty concise because I want people to be able to do their own unpacking themselves. But if you really think about women, so historically we come from these matriarchal communities where, you know, we're helping raise babies. There's, there's support and it's not just a one woman has to take on a whole family by herself and the husband's out of the house. Right. But then we have Kings that come in and castles and they're taking women. Like there's this ownership of women and the labor and the ability to give birth. Right. And da, 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 you move on, you move on. And we're now in single, you know, households of families where we're very disconnected from other women. And so women are then going into a birthing situation where there's not a lot of support for the whole time leading up to your birth. You go into the hospital, the hospital is actually not even set up to really support who a woman is. And in fact, the modern hospital bed was actually created by King, I think it was King Henry. And it was because he wanted to watch women give birth in a perverted way. So the way that modern hospital beds are actually set up is 
it's not actually conducive to a proper healthy birth, which is why doulas come in and a lot of women are on all fours or in a bathtub or alternative methods. So we start really thinking about how all these industries are set up not to support women. So it's like, okay, you're like little chips away at a woman along her life, right? And then when you decide to have a baby, you're going into it not supported. You're having, you're giving birth, not supported. Your body is then weak. Your mental health is weak. Your emotions weak. You have postpartum. And then the systems are not also supporting you. So these women are exhausted, depleted. There's constant voids in their life and their soul and their spirit. And then they're supposed to then raise a child. So what happens to the child when the mom is not a full person, when she doesn't get to self-actualize, when she's not supported, that child then grows up with a void and that's a mother wound where you're seeking this attention, this validation, this love, and this support. But that woman sometimes is just not capable Mm -hmm. of giving that to her child, right? And we take this child, and let's say it's a mother-daughter relationship. And this daughter is going out into the world, and she has this major, major void in her life from the mother wound, from this lack of maternal energy and this maternal support. That's her first same-sex best friend. So then she's trying to make relationships with other women, right? And if she's not shown or modeled the support and the love from her mom, she doesn't actually know how to be a good best friend with other women. So we're taking our wounds out from our mom onto these other women. And we're saying, no, there's scarcity. There's competition. I'm not going to support you. When a door is open for me, I'm going to close it because I'm scared someone else is going to take my place. I'm jealous. Why can't I just be happy for other women? And we get into these very competitive, very hostile relationships with women, especially, you know, growing up in middle school, high school, because we're taught that there's scarcity. We're taught that we're competing for men. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's just this wound that just gets worse and worse and worse as we get older. And mine came to a head when I met you because it was like you embodied what I wanted, but I was like, how dare she? She's not, there's no way this is real. She's faking it. There's no way she's actually empowered because the, the way I feel, there's no way. You know, there's no way she has actual good friendships with women. All of these, you know, these amazing friendships that you have with your neighbor, with your friends, with like really important and influential women in the world. A lot of us women that don't have good relationships with women are looking at you and saying, how the fuck is she doing that? It can't be real. All right, let's take a pause from the show to talk about one of today's sponsors. And this one's for my American audience. Today, we are going to talk about ritual vitamins. Now, if you have ever been on social media, you've probably heard a lot about them. If you haven't, let's get into it today. Now, ritual is all about using clean, vegan-friendly multivitamins that are formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. That's a lot of big words there. So let me just break it down for you a little bit. Here's what you're not going to find in ritual vitamins. Sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, and artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh taste and delayed release capsule design make taking your vitamins easy. And they're actually really pretty vitamins, just like side note to that. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients in forms your body can actually use to help fill the gaps that might be in your diet. No shady extras. So Ritual's delayed release capsule delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D3 in just two daily pills. You'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from. Thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now available for men, women, and teens, Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support different life stages. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. Super handy right now, if I'm just going to say. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they're going to refund your first order. Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off their first three months. Visit ritual.com slash papaya to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash papaya, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash papaya. Now let's get back to the show. I feel like I'm constantly looking at other people and being like, I wish I had that like friend that stuck with you for 30 years. Like I've lost friendships and through kind of like these sister wounds over and over and have felt so vulnerable to it. But my eyes are like 
stinging right now because like, as you're saying this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is huge. It goes so, so deep. And until we're all as women, until we can all really sit with our own selves and really take a second to think about how we're projecting this wound onto other women and where it could possibly have come from. And, you know, a lot of us have a lot of deep maternal Mm. issues with the way that we were raised, you know, the things that we never got from our mom. Um, And the focus, so funny enough, is really on the mother for us. And dads can just fuck (laughs) off, right? And yeah, we have a father wound and the dad can barely be there. But the focus is so much on the mom because she is there making the mistakes, but yeah. at least she is there, you know, but we're still seeing the mom make the mistakes. And I, I have had a very tough relationship with my mom my whole life because of this. It really wasn't until I started seeing this wound and I started seeing her and her child. And I started, you know, really seeing what my mom actually had to go through in order to bring me into this world. And I'm like, of course, she didn't even have anything left to give us. What was I expecting? But you don't know that as a child. You don't know it as a child. And and that's kind of the biggest thing that I've kind of learned along the way, especially talking to people about diets and stuff. And oftentimes the conversation starts with my mother, my mother, this, my mother, that. And, and I've had to really rewire the way that I framed it for myself and for others and just being like, but what does your mother have? That that's what she was teaching. I had years in which I don't even know how I mothered. I think that I literally was like, what you can reach in the fridge you eat, what you can do, like what movie can I put on? And the survival mode that you go into when you cannot actually mother other people because you're merely surviving yourself. This has been huge for me because my my son one day, I was wearing something, I don't remember what it was. And he came up to me and he was like, oh, I do not like this outfit. And he never has an opinion about anything. So I was like, what? Why? And he's like, it just, it's just freaking me out. And I was like, why? And he's like, because it reminds me of old you. And I was like, what is old me? And he's like, he's like, I don't know, like before, you know, before. And he like couldn't even like actualize it into like what he meant. But I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. I knew what he was referring to and knew the season of life that he was talking about. And somehow what I was wearing triggered that memory for him. But more than that, that he's actually put in his brain that I'm two separate people. That is old me. This is new me. So he, and some, every once in a while, he'll be like, do you remember when you used to be sad? Do you remember when I used to like come in? And I was like, gosh, that shouldn't be your memories. But there's part of me that's like, I'm so proud that they get to watch a mother be a human and humanize mothers. And and the fact that so many of us exist with um, mother wounds in one way or another. I mean, I have a phenomenal relationship with my mom. She did everything for us. And she, you know, had so many wounds for herself, but yet like she put so much of that aside. And now I feel that she's, you know, bringing it back together. And for myself, I feel like I was wounded in motherhood that I didn't get to put it aside. I didn't do a good job of that all the time. And it's a lot. And we have kind of like passed it down by generation to generation. And then it flows into these sisterhood things. It's so hard. Especially now where we're so, we're so seen now as women. And it's interesting because there's two parallel fights happening. It's like women want, you know, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want this autonomy. We want to be sexual beings if we want to be. And then there's this other parallel fight for these women who are so deeply triggered by that, that they don't even know what they're projecting on these women. These are the type of people who see doors open. And then, like I said, they close the door behind them because they're so scared about where it could go. Well, I have no control over this. It's like, we just cannot be happy for other women that are self-actualizing if we feel like we cannot do the same thing. It's this resentment and this jealousy when we should really truly be happy to see it happening. You know, instead of that, like, oh my God, I could never do that. What is she doing? Like, what does she have that I don't have? And we're just trying to chip away at that. When this happened for us last year, it went from being like, oh, well, like I really like this girl. This would be this. And then it was just like fragmented. And then it kind of came back together at some point. And I think the two of us have really been actively working through some of this stuff. And I've been learning so much through you, but I know that a lot of this is like deep personal work. And I know that even, even though you maybe put me in a place of like, 
having it together or like not being wounded or being really confident and that triggered you. It's so wild because I feel so insecure so often and I deal with this just the same. And I think that's kind of relating for so many people, even if you're kind of past maybe some of the the bigger struggles of it, it's still this wound that is so deeply ingrained and it comes up a lot and it is something we actively have to work on. But how has this last year been for you in terms of like, what was kind of that unpacking for you? I know you can't speak to everybody's journey, but you can speak to your own. So what has kind of been catalyst for you in, in terms of healing when it comes to this wound? You know what? This has been the most monumental year of my entire life, I think, because it feels like everything that I've learned and everything that I've been through has come to fruition and it's, it's given purpose where all of my wounds around women that had prevented me from even having close friendships. I, I was telling my partner last night, I was literally like, I feel like my 30th birthday is coming up and I know we're in a pandemic, so I'm not going to be having a birthday party or anything. But I, I was like, you know, if the world was normal, this is my first birthday where I could actually like have a group of women around me that like are healthy and we love each other and we support each other. And that has come from like excruciatingly unpacking my defense mechanisms, my false self, the way that I show up, my jealousy of other women, being happy and being proud, being able to comment on other women's posts and just being genuinely happy and then building my own community. So through the inclusive love community, I went from honestly doing everything for everybody else, fundraising, worrying about everybody else's problems to like taking a second last year when I got really sick to be like, Laura, you have a story. You don't need to be sharing everybody else's story and managing everybody else's emotions. You can tell your story and be honest about the way that you're feeling and the wounds that you have. And that attracted my people, people with mental illness, weirdos, creatives, activists, authors, you know, educators, like that's who has come up in my sphere now. And now I do monthly calls where I literally have like every month, there's about 60 of us that meet and we just talk about our wounds and we talk about all this sister stuff and our sexuality and gender. And we talk about things that are inflate with shame that we carry around. I want to create spaces where we can talk about these things and just poke a hole in it and deflate that shit. And so we know we're all going through that. So that call in itself has been so damn healing for me and a lot of people around me. Then I have another smaller intimate call. I do Grow Your Wings now, which is all about unpacking like from the ground up, unpacking your childhood wounds, the false self, your trauma up until adolescence, up until your adulthood. Like It is a program that I've actually written over two years. So being able to put all of this in play and seeing it work in my community and seeing that I can have healthy relationships with women where... You know, I used to be afraid to share people on my platform or afraid to give people the credit that they were due because I felt like they were going to take something from me. But now I am, I am so gladly sharing other coaches on my page, building my community, you know, like building people up and just loving on them. And I learned that from you because I see the way that you share people. I see the way that you genuinely want to build business up. You have like the mini Beyonce effect where you can post somebody on your page and you can really blow their shit up and really help them. Right. And I saw the way that you, like, you were so excited and proud of yourself for that and how much you wanted to share and build up your community that I was like, I want to adopt that same mentality. And it's not like you can't just say you're going to do it and feel it. You have to go through the uncomfortable feelings of like doing it and being like, this doesn't actually feel good. I don't want to do this and seeing the results right? And the pride. All right. Another pause to talk about one of today's sponsors, which is Issue. Now, if you live to create, but you don't live to worry over those last minute nitpicky details involved with putting the final touches on your content, do what you do best and let Issue handle the rest. If you're a creative like myself, you know the drill. You've finally done editing whatever it is you're going to post. It's perfect. Now you just need to format it, and then you've got to reformat it because it's got to go on all different types of platforms. With Issue, you're going to make it once, and it's ready to post everywhere. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's perfect not only for creators, but for marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anybody who wants to make eye-catching content. 
and Issue makes it incredibly easy. Simply upload your PDFs and files and Issue transforms them into your vision and customizable templates to create the content that you want. With Issue, you create it once and distribute it everywhere. Like I said, everything is optimized to post on your website and then on social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories, which is where it's at these days. Everyone's watching them and it's really great if you can make them extra interactive and drive up that engagement. You can start using Issue for free. They also offer premium features that give a more customized experience as well. But like I said, get started today with Issue for free. Or if you sign up for the premium account, you can get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code papaya. Now issue spelt a little different. So that's I S S U U.com slash podcast. Then you're going to use promo code papaya at checkout for your free account or 50% off a premium account issue.com slash podcast with promo code papaya. I hope this really helps you in your job, in your creativity, whatever it is that you're going to use it for and makes your life a little bit easier. Now let's get back into the show. It's funny when you're saying that watching me, I was watching my friend Kenzie, like that's how she was. And I was like, how can you be this nice? Like, how can you be this like uplifting? How can we actually share different belief systems and have really found common places of like respect with each other? And she was always just so uplifting and, and she'll just like randomly text. And I'm just like, who is this person? Like, how are you this person? And what was so interesting for me in this last year is I love sharing people. I love sharing people's work and doing that. And then also balancing it with this you know, knowing the impact I have, knowing the effect I have, balancing it with the line of not being used. The amount of people who start emails to me that say, Hey, Nicole, biggest fan of yours. Here's my shop. Here's my link. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can, and I was like, you don't even know my first name and you're claiming something. You're asking for help. You want this, you want that. Or people who will, it sounds so bratty to say it, but even like when people send you something unsolicited and then they go and get angry when you haven't done what they thought that you were going to do. It's so interesting because it has to work on both sides. It has to, like for me, I need to be that person, even if it's not returned, but at the same time, creating boundaries in which I'm not kind of put into a place of being used. Do you have any advice in terms of like how to manage kind of like the boundaries of the sister wound as well? Because I know you're big on boundaries and I'm really bad with boundaries. I always say that I have them, but I'm really bad at activating them. So talk me through that. Yeah, I think you are too. And it makes me like my heart hurts sometimes for you because I'll see, because uh, I know what it's like on a small scale, you know, of what you get. And I know the entitlement and the unsolicited bullshit that you get and the constant judgments and everyone has something to say about everything. And there's so many people who will like, send a GoFundMe, send their thing, and then just be like, post this for me. And you're just like, this isn't how it works. So, Or yesterday, I even got a message that was like, Sarah, you used to care about the little people and you haven't replied to my messages. I just want to know where you got that jacket from. And I was like, I've literally tagged it so many times that I have access. There's every, all the information there to the jacket. Um, It's all there, but it was like, you don't care about me anymore why don't I have this information from you? I'm bad with boundaries. You got to talk me through this one. Yeah. So I've also been very bad with boundaries my whole life as a people pleaser, as somebody who was like, I have a lot of trauma with people. So I would let them do whatever they wanted to me because I just want to be liked, which was the spark for my false self. Unpacking that, what the false self is and what the false self gives me was really confronting for me because it was like, okay, what is my false self behavior? People pleasing, saying yes, not asserting boundaries. What do I get out of that? Which is people really like me. People think I'm a nice person. Um, People can rely on me, you know? And then, but what is the setback of that? You know, Sarah feels like a doormat. Sarah feels like she can't say no because somebody can screenshot something and blow it up and make it look like something that it's not. So you have to constantly walk on eggshells with the way you talk to people, right? So, and I get it, I know. And I can't imagine what it's like on your scale, which is why I always talk to my partner about like how, blown away I am. So it's so hard because I know you're just way nicer person (laughs) than I am, (laughs) but I am very like 
my mental health is delicate and I have a space and a community that needs me. Therefore, my boundaries have to be Mm. fierce as fuck. And that is, I won't be always up in my DMs and don't ever expect that from me because I'm a human being and I have a whole life, right? And that is, don't ever unsolicited advice me unless I ask because it stresses me out to come up against a situation where I feel like you're telling me I'm doing something wrong and I have to make a choice whether I dismiss you or I listen to myself. You know, these are boundaries that are, it sounds really cruel and harsh to people, but it's like, do you go up to somebody on the street and you're like, Hey, I like your boots, but like, uh, you could actually get these other ones at this other place. And this is, you don't do that in person with people. No. Would you ever, would anybody ever come up to you on the street and be like, you know what, Sarah, I really liked when you rather did this and you did that. And it really made me feel more comfortable being in your space. They'd be like, you'd be like, okay, but find another space. <laughs> you came into you my house, girl. I mean? <laughs> it's like, that's what it feels like. And that's what I keep telling people growth feels like. It feels like a bunch of strangers walk into your house with their shoes on. They're opening up your cupboards, tasting all your shit, sleeping in your bed. And you're trying to figure out how the fuck to tell them to take their goddamn shoes off at the front door and ask me permission to touch my fridge. You know what I mean? It's like, it's basic decency and boundaries and courtesy, but online right now, we got to a place where there was never a conversation about it. Facebook happened, Instagram happened, things blew up, people felt entitled. There was no boundaries. It was very much a gray area. So anybody now who asserts boundaries is seen as an asshole because it's like, well, this is just how social media is. This is how Instagram is. Get used to it we actually have way more control than we think we do. And if we're not so concerned about being liked by people and being nice, because nice is like, you know, racist grandmas are nice, right? So it's not always about being nice to people. It's about being kind. And kindness is rooted in honesty and vulnerability and transparency and communication. And if I can't offer those things to you through my boundaries, then that's not kindness. That's me being nice. But me being nice ends up with me feeling like a fucking doormat at the end of the day, me feeling resentful, me feeling angry, and me feeling like I don't want to get close to people or put myself out there anymore. So to protect this, which is, you know, a vessel for, you know, learning and knowledge and sharing and community, I have to have very clear boundaries with people. And you know what? At first, it's very uncomfortable for people, but the amount of people, 99% of people very highly respect when you set boundaries because it it shows them that they have permission to do the same thing. I don't know about you, but I have been craving some fresh starts to some self-care. And it's been really important for me lately because it's like this little sliver of time in the day that I get to kind of refresh myself. And it's been really helpful to have these fresh scents from Native. Now, what is Native? Well, they're an aluminum-free deodorant, and they are a great addition to your 2021 routine. Native cares about what you put in your armpits. That's why their deodorant's ingredients list includes things that you've actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Another plus, none of their products are tested on animals and almost everything is vegan. And switching from Native from an antiperspirant doesn't mean you'll have to worry about midday BO either. Native will have you walking around smelling like coconut or vanilla, which is my personal favorite, citrus and herbal musk, or maybe even lavender and rose. You can choose from over 10 cents, including their classics and rotating seasonals. So you're guaranteed to find one that you love. Native Deodorant has over 16,000 five-star reviews and has been featured on the Today Show for a reason, because it works. I'm a huge skeptic when it comes to switching from any type of antiperspirant to deodorant. I'm just going to say that right now. So I have been blown away by Native. Not only that, but I have not had any irritation from it whatsoever. Like I said, I super love the coconut and vanilla as well as eucalyptus and mint I kind of go with whatever I'm feeling that day. And you know what? That's what's kind of great about all these different scents. You can make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash papaya or use promo code papaya at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's native, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O.com slash papaya or use promo code papaya at checkout for 20% off your first order. I hope you love it as much as I do. Let's get back to the conversation. You 
you said, you know, when you're watching my stories, don't reply with an emoji. It's an option that we have to do, but you're right. It floods your inbox and then you lose the conversations that were actually maybe when you do have time to dedicate to kind of opening them, you're not opening happy faces, happy faces, happy faces. You actually get time and attention. And once you started saying that, it actually made me start paying attention to my behaviors on replying to people's stories and really respecting, you know, unless I, unless we're actually going to engage in a conversation, I don't know that you need to know that I thought fire about your outfit. Like I would just, it's just a very, very different perspective where I think because social media created this realm of us, we feel like support is invalidation. We want to show our friends that we see them, we see you. And we don't think about the fact that for some, that might be really a welcomed thing, a very asked for thing. And for others, it can be a very draining thing. I didn't even recognize it until you said it. And then it made me feel a lot more intentional. It's a rewiring in the way that we use social. We don't know what new tools might be available to us. I saw somebody make a TikTok today that said, I would love if I could FaceTime somebody. And if they don't answer, I could leave a video. And I was like, if that option was available in my life, I would be so effing mad because that would mean my whole phone would be full of my kids being like, why are you not answering me? Why are you not on the phone? Like that would be such a boundary thing for me too. Right. So it's like these cool things can happen at the same time. They might actually really suck for other people. And that's why we actually get to say what our differences are. And, you know, a lot of those things as well, which I think is so important when it comes to some of these boundaries. It's funny that we're so, my big fear in that is like, I'll be completely honest. I've had quite a few people share my address and I don't know how they've gotten it. And for the past few months, I've been getting a slew of unsolicited, beautiful gifts, lovely, lovely gifts that my entire stories all day long would be opening these boxes if that's all I did. And I didn't ask for any of it. And I want to support all these, a lot of these small businesses. I want to be able to do all of these things, but I can't do it and still be who I am online. It would literally take my entire days. And I haven't known how to approach it and say, I can't have all of these. How do you go on? How do you go online and say, please stop sending me presence. That's not what I'm asking. I just wanted the question. No, just like ask me permission to send this. And I'm just like, I keep saying it out loud. I'm like, I don't know how to say this because I feel like I'm going to come off like an asshole. I feel like I'm going to come off like a dick. And that's so hard. That's that's women though. We feel like that. That's why I want to just stop that track. And I'm just like, no, like you're not an asshole. I want to scream through the phone sometimes when I'm watching like you get massively violated over and over and over and over and over again in your stories. And you're so damn nice about it. And I just want to be like, let me have a minute with your followers. Okay. Let me fucking tell them what's up because they need to stop harassing you. And they need to stop. Like they need to start being more mindful of your DMS because I Mm. don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Like the amount of care and love and attention that you give your DMS I get overwhelmed and I have panic attacks at 18,000 followers. How do you do it, Sarah? I said a year and a half ago that if I was going to benefit from a community, that my core value would be that I would spend half of my workdays in that community with intention. And so uh, for a long time, it was just commenting on people's posts. It was going onto their pages and really relating there. And then DMs really just became a big thing when story replies became more and more common and you know, I watch, I watch people who turn off their story replies. I'm always like, ah, like I can't reply to you. But then I realize that that's them yeah. creating a boundary and how much more time they must have to actually engage in community. If they weren't having to reply to everything all the time, I cap it. I have four hours a day that I spend in comments and DMs. I, I feel bad because of what they did now is it used to be that when somebody sent you a message, you just got the message and you could reply to them. So therefore it was never a system in which some people won the lottery and got a message from you. But now it goes into these spam filters and every once in a while I'll meet somebody who's like, I've been messaging you for years. I know you've never seen them. And I'm like, what? How have you been messaging me for years and I've never seen them? But it's because of the way that the new message structures are done that they actually, not only that, but they favor people with more followers so that it orders them so that it has like your top request and then it has 
which is hard when you're in business too, because sometimes it's like a media request or something. You got to pay attention to this stuff. And so it makes it so hard for the people that I originally wanted to talk to and reach. I can't even get them stuck out of the spam filter. I can't even get them out of there. And it, and it gets really, really difficult. So my original intention has now, you know, I'm, I'm having to reevaluate a little bit and be like, is this the best place to be spending my time? Like, am I maybe more valuable in sitting and writing to a larger group as opposed to just trying to individually do it all? Yes, Sarah. Yeah, yes. I'm just like, and it's the answer. Yes. I love that because that is like what we're so afraid to do. And I, I have that same, you know, I have that same deep, deep, deep fear with my community because I'm like, this is what made the community is me being able to spend a lot of time getting mm-hmm. to know people, mm-hmm. engaging with them, giving them little pieces of advice. And like, that's what made people feel connected to me and trusting in me. But now I have to say like, it, you know, other people yeah. want to grow too. Everybody, you know, everybody who wants something and wants to grow too. And if we don't model a healthy way to grow, it's like, we're just passing down these shitty boundaries and these shitty expectations when somebody needs to be the disruptor mm. and say, this is not okay. We need to rechange the game for creators. Because if you were to really look at creators, mental health plummeting, because Right now, especially in this pandemic, everybody's on their phone 24-7. Everybody wants to engage. Everybody wants a reply. They want to feel special. They want to be seen, heard, and validated, which is absolutely fair. The thing is that putting that expectation on one person is kind of ridiculous. Like if I get, let's say, 150 messages a day, how much do you think that you get? Probably got that in the last minute. It's not about you having to explain your humanity over and over and over again. It's about other people having to check in and say, you know what? Like me sending this off to Sarah is going to take five minutes of her time to open it up, to engage, to interact, to make me feel good and seen and heard. Can I maybe spare her that five minutes so that she can maybe, you know, spend more five minutes with her kids? Like, do I really need that validation Mm. from Sarah so bad? That's kind of what I get my community to ask is like, so that when we actually do engage and I go into the message, there's something of substance for me to actually engage with you with. So it is special and it's not, oh, you've been flooding me with emojis for six months. That's where I really love. And I'm starting to value more and more the question box. Cause then it's like, now I actually like, give me your answers here. And I really love being able to use that a little bit more. And I've been utilizing that more and more and more has a healthy way of like directing the conversations a little bit more, but I'm not going to lie. I also love when people just reply, ha 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 to something funny. I said, cause I'm like, I actually need to know that I was hilarious. Like, (laughs) I'm a little funny that's, like that's that. The, that's the double, exactly. Yes. That's the double-edged sword. That is it for me too, is sometimes people are way yeah. too respecting of my boundaries. Did and this I'm like, not Fuck. connect? Like now they're scared to message me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Fuck. there's yes. a middle ground that we need to find here because I also feel like sometimes I'll put something very vulnerable out and then people are respecting my boundaries and they're not messaging me about it. But then I have no contact for how did that land? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? So it is this very complex, nuanced conversation that we need to have that we all just need to have personal awareness for, you know, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be vulnerable, but like make sure it's meaningful, you know? Just love that. And, and coming back to the sister wound thing, the reason we ended up having this conversation too was you ended up doing an infographic all about the mother wound and the sister wound. And the sister wound, when I read it, I like burst into tears and I shared it in my stories. And I, probably share it every like three months now. Like I, it's one of the most engaging things that people and I've gotten response from my community have been like so empowered by. And I, and I love that you kind of talk about that. So I'm, I'm saying this in the fact that like, we've already been talking about this for over half an hour and like, this is a scratch of the surface. So this is my kind oh, of like yeah. saying to everyone, you've got to actually go and dive into the work yourself as well and check out some of those infographics that Laura has. But I want to ask you something. This is just me being curious as fuck. And you get to put a boundaries if you yeah. want to. But you talked about being very hypersexualized. Last year, when I met you, you were in a phase of, I'm trying to scale back from all of that and see if I can love this version of myself. I remember you saying that. No makeup, mm-hmm. didn't do your hair, big, big, big sweater on. Like you were just very, as plain as you could be. And I started to tear up when you were talking because I was like, oh my God, this is why she loves butterflies. Cause like this whole year I've been watching you and I'm like sitting here right now and I'm like, 
do you have a little bit of makeup on? I'm like, why are you looking so vivacious? And why are you looking so glowy? And it's not even in the makeup and it's not even in the hair. It's just that I see you expressing yourself again. And I see you showing your body and not in a hypersexualized way, but in like an owned way. And I can, obviously I watched you like birth these butterflies this summer, birth them, you know, hatch them, whatever. But you are that, like, that is the, that is you. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I just, I don't know why it just all of a sudden hit me. Maybe because we were talking about last year. And I just remember you saying, if I could just love myself here and I'm looking at you right now and you're just an entirely, entirely different person, kindly tell everyone where they can kind of tap into who you are. Like I said, guys, this is, this is a scratching of a surface. And as a follower of yours, as somebody who found you from a Lululemon video and then had you in my living room into having this like complete unpacking of things, you're the shit and you are really good at talking about things that nobody thinks to talk about. Nobody often wants to talk about, but you do it in such a way that also brings joy to the experience. And I think kindness in the word that it's meant to be. And so I just, I'm excited for people to kind of get to know you and see some of that and witness some of that and get uncomfortable with it too, because that's the one thing I will say your content. Sometimes I think for a while, when I was first taking it in, I felt so defensive and now I'm like, gosh, she actually cares about people. And that was such a perspective change for me. But in taking in your content, a lot of times I'm like, it's so cool and it's so energized and it's challenging. And it's so nice to not have things that are just designed to make you feel better, but actually designed to make you better. And, uh, I love that about you. So yeah, that was a great line. That was great for me. So that was bars. Rarely, rarely do I have one of those lines. Actually just worked on building my own platform. And, um, I used to be heavy on Patreon and I had built my community there, but I actually took it to building my own platform where we have forums, where we have blogs, where there's community calls twice a month. And I do one-to-one sessions with people. You can also find me in the Grow Your Wings community where we do that very, very, very deep dive into all of mm-hmm. who you are as a person. So you can hit me up at inclusivelove.com. You can hit me up at Laura Hess on, uh, on Instagram. I'm just around, just hanging out, chilling, making people uncomfortable. I, and I think <laughs> it's fantastic work. And I think it's fantastic that you create a structure in which people have access, but in a way that you're also compensated. Because I will say in my personal growth in the last year, my greatest things of personal growth have when I've actually put money behind it. And when I've actually put intention behind it, because when you spend money on something, you care just a little bit more than just when it's free and consumable and gone. I have a class that I show up for every Monday night for two hours, and it costs me a lot of money to be a part of it. And I feel like it's changed me more in these past two months than it has in, you know, 20 years of this type of learning. So I can't say enough and speak enough to the value of actually investing in some creators like yourself who create these communities Mm -hmm. in a really, really intentional way. So I'm going to add all the information in the show notes as well for everybody listening. Laura, thanks so much. Round two was a delight. Oh, oh, my pleasure. This is literally mm-hmm. the healing of the sister wound in action. And I'm so honored that I get to even have those conversations with you that we've been able to build this together. And I'm just like, so grateful for you as a person. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.